Once again, just want to say thank you for being here today. Welcome. Those of you that are here in person, those that are online, we're so glad that you're part of us here today. Uh, my name is Mike Schroeder, and I serve as one of the pastors here along with my wife, Ev. That was Jasper on the guitar, and, uh, and you saw Phoebe a little earlier as well. And we're just so glad that we can be together to worship him. And we have some guests with us here today. We're glad that you're here. Actually, at, on the back table on the way out, we do have some little in information cards. We'd love it if you'd just fill out your name and let us know who you are. It would be very, very nice to have that information. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our worship today. Uh, it, it's, it's something that, that we all need. Now, a lot of the words that are, that are on the screen or on your, on your screen at home as well, uh, sometimes we go off script. Did you notice that? We just kind of <laughs> sing our own songs. Well, I, I love it when we do that, and I want to encourage you to, uh, to participate not only when we're on script, but also when we're off script. And uh, it's sort of like, I say this all too often, but there's some new people here. I'll just say it again. It's sort of like the difference between a greeting card that has all the greetings on the inside and then those ones that are blank, you know, and you fill in the, you just have to write your own words. You know, I was doing some thank you notes the other day and I had to, there was nothing inside. It was just blank inside. So I had to do all the writing. Well, that's sort of like it is when we're worshiping. We have the songs that we sing and then we, we have those moments. We have those times when we can just sing whatever we want to Jesus because he loves the sound of your voice and he loves your heart. And uh, so anyways, we just want to encourage you with that. Uh, it's so good uh, to be together. We're uh, going to get right into the Word of God today. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 uh, Peter chapter 3. And we are walking through the book of 1 Peter, just taking it sort of section by section. And we'll have most of the words uh, available for you as well. But the, uh, the theme of the sermon series that we're doing, it's called Great Expectations. And there's a, a verse right near the beginning of the book. It's verse chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance. Now this is for those who are believers. This is for those who are in Christ. We have a great future. And uh, the invitation, of course, is that everyone is invited to have this great uh, inheritance, this great expectation of an eternity with God. And uh, uh, what we're going to do today, we're going to just review a tiny bit from last week, and then we're going to have a prayer, and I'm going to read through the portion for this week, and then I'm going to make a few comments about that, and then I've got four applications, uh, just so you know where I'm going, so you can kind of figure, and we'll probably be done in 20 to yeah, 20 minutes to 20 hours, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, just, just teasing. I'll try to, I'll try to not to go too far over time. Uh, by the way, if, if you missed it, uh, Pastor Matt and Tanya, who are our partners in the, the church ministry here, they're taking a week off, so they'll be online. By the way, say hello to someone online on the chat. Uh, we'd love to see who's out there, and you can say amen once in a while if you think there's something uh, worthy of that. And if you think that's that's not right, well, 
maybe just keep that to yourself and send us an email. Uh, <laughs> so last week we talked about the fact that God wants our perspective to be aligned with him. In the beginning of 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 8, it just, it just says that we should, we should all be able to kind of speak together. And have the, the, the meaning of that is that we would have uh, an alignment with God's perspective, not an alignment with the, sort of the vote of the majority, but a, an alignment with God's perspective. And, of course, it's important for us to be able to, uh, to know what that is. Uh, aligned with the great command, which is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, and to be aligned with the fear of the Lord. So if you, if you missed that, all of our sermons are online, and in fact, you can download them onto your podcast and, get, and be able to listen while you're walking or hiking or driving and, and back and forth. Uh, that was uh, that was last week, but this week we're going to jump into chapter three, verses thirteen to twenty-two, and, and we should expect that there will be times of suffering. And the theme of this of this uh, today is following Christ, and and so the, our great expectation for today is that we can expect suffering. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> So we're going to just read the scripture, and then we're going to pray, all right? That's what's going to happen next. So here it is in 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 13. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people uh, speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it's better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. Because Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. Hallelujah. He suffered physical death, and he was raised to life in the spirit. And so he went and he preached to spirits in prison. Those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now... Christ has gone to heaven, and he is seated in the place of honor next to God, and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. Let's just pray. I, I, I need God to help me with this. This has a, a, got a lot of uh, interesting parts to it, this scripture here today. Uh, Lord, we want to thank you. We want to praise you for your goodness. We thank you for this word, and we pray that you would teach us. Lord, we know that the scriptures are 
uh, are written, and it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us out of the Scriptures, and they're only understood by the Holy Spirit. So I pray today, just like we sang earlier, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, and we pray that you would teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this, this passage, like I said, it, it, it has some things in it that are really hard to understand. I spend a lot of time uh, on trying to figure out, actually, reading commentaries and reading different translations and reading the Greek. And, and it, there, there's, some, there's some things in here that I don't fully understand. Uh, but, you know, it's not the parts of the scriptures that we don't always understand that are as troubling as the ones that we do understand. Because <laughs> we we have the ones we do understand, we gotta we gotta walk that way, and and it's counterintuitive to what we learn. Uh, a lot of these truths that we already sang about and that are found in the scriptures, you won't find them on social media, uh, not likely, unless you're following certain ones. Uh, you you won't find them in popular culture, in in the press and on you know CNN. Uh, you will you will certainly not find them on a lot of the talk shows. But the truth is, is that God's word is what we have as our foundation as Christian people. It's the word of God. And so here we start and we jump in at verse 13. Who, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what's right, uh, you know, God, God is, is going to reward you for it. And there's that beautiful beatitude that says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now here in North America, we do suffer. We do make, uh, uh, we, we do make uh, commitments and we, we do sometimes lose out on certain things. We may feel, uh, of course, around the world, there are a lot of people that are suffering a lot of physical persecution, people in jail for their faith, being beaten, losing jobs, houses burned down, uh, forced marriages uh, in certain places. Uh, there, there's a lot of tough stuff happening to the church people around the world today. In fact, it's, it's actually, uh, the, in, worldwide, it's the toughest time to be a Christian. It really is. But uh, thank God here, we have a lot of freedom. And so we're able to help others out of our first world and, uh, you know, financially, and we're, we're helping a lot of people around the world ourselves here at Life Church, and, uh, and so we're thankful for that. But when we do pay a price, you know, I, I know a gentleman who, uh, who used to, um, he was a caretaker or a custodian, I should say, and, and he would go in the office context, and, and he would have to empty waste bins during office hours, and, and he'd be singing. He'd be singing Christian songs. As he went, he got in trouble for that, ended up losing his job just because, well, he, you know, he, he could have, would have, should have maybe just hummed gently, <laughs> but you know, he just kept forgetting because he, he just, the reality of his love for Jesus just overcame him. And so people do, you know, do pay a price here now, uh, but God help us to be people who are willing to do that. It says here in, in verse uh, 15, that we should sanctify the Lord in our hearts. Now, that's a different translation than I read to you. I read to you out of the New Living Translation. It says that we should worship the Lord with all our hearts. And we need to set apart God. Uh, God is not in our image. This is not our idea. God is 
God and we are his idea. We didn't create God. It wasn't, it wasn't something that we just made up. God revealed himself to us in nature. He revealed to us himself through Jesus Christ. He revealed himself to us through God's word and, uh, and in the Bible. And uh, the, he is the one who is the creator, not us. That's why we take the time to worship him, not only on Sundays, but through the week that we, you know, the, the Lord's Prayer. A lot of you will be familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. You know, the, the Lord's Prayer begins with worship to Almighty God because it helps us, as I said last week, to align ourselves with the truth of the fear of the Lord. This scripture goes on to say here today that we should always be able to give an answer. And what that answer is, it's actually like a, a defense. It's a, we say it in the sort of the uh, theological word here t- world here today. We, we call it apologetics. And it sounds a little bit like apologize. We aren't apologizing for God. That, that word apologetics uh, it's a, it comes from the Greek, it's borrowed, and that's what the word that's used here, to be able to give an answer, to a defense of the truth. And so, you know, we should be able to, uh, to talk to our friends and talk to our, our neighbors and people around us and just say, you know what, I believe in Jesus and begin to explain why we believe in Jesus. And, uh, you know, we, we do like to try to give, give uh, help with that. Even when we're, we're speaking, you can, you can sometimes, uh, uh, you know, take what we, we speak about. And, for example, you today, you know, I'm just going to say one example. You can talk about your personal experience with Jesus. And I was doing that the other day with some friends of mine. Actually, my neighbors. We had a we had a big sort of neighborhood barbecue. One of the it was the first time since COVID, right? And we're sitting there, and this is some folks that I didn't know, and because my wife and I are moved in during COVID, and so we met some of our neighbors, and and he was talking about, well, so why did you become a pastor? And I I just I talked about Jesus. I talked about my experience with Jesus and how I've come to know Him personally, and. I can do that. I'm not, I, I can't prove it in a scientific lab, but I know what my experience is. And, and we can have an experience with Christ. And it says here in verse 16, it goes on to say, do this in a gentle and respectful way. You know, sometimes Christians, um, actually, I, I'm really good at being obnoxious sometimes too. Um, my wife says, yeah, it's true. For those of you that missed it online, do you want to say it again a little louder, honey? No, just kidding. But, but you know, when we're sharing about Jesus Christ, there will be offense at the name of Jesus. But let it not be an offense at the way we're talking about him, right? Do it in a respectful way, a gentle way. We can be strong, but have a gentle strength. We shouldn't be afraid to say the name of Jesus, but at the same time, we should be uh, respectful. And uh, it's, it goes on to say in verse 18 that Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. And, you know, I just want to say this. Uh, my wife was praying earlier, and she talked about how that God is greater than guilt. God is greater than shame. And, you know, a lot of times we feel like, well, I can forgive this person, I can forgive that person, but I can't forgive myself. Has that ever been your 
testimony. I, I just want to say this to you. It's, it's, it's something that really helped me. We learned it actually in a, in a, a freedom session teaching that we do from time to time. And, and that is this. You need to decide who's going to pay for your sins once, kind of once and for all. Make a, make a decision that it's Jesus that's paying for my sins, not me. And, and was his death on the cross, like is, is my guilt and my ability to somehow make myself worthy to God, is that better than what Jesus did for me on the cross? I don't think so. So I make a commitment to Christ, and I receive his forgiveness, his death on the cross. I receive that, and I say to myself, you know what? I'm not going to try to do it better than Jesus did. He died on the cross. It says here, where is it? Once and for all, for all time. Jesus died on the cross in the past. Jesus died for the sins that you and I are going to commit tomorrow. Now, we still have to embrace that and, and bring that in and confess our sins, and then he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. This is, this is freedom. This is liberation. Okay, if you, if you believe that, just smile at me or something, all right? And online, you know what you can do? If you believe that, you can say amen on the chat, all right? <laughs> amen. Amen. Jesus died once for all time, and, and I, I'm... I'm leading up to one of the strangest parts of, of God's teaching, which I believe, I just don't understand everything about it. It goes on to say, verse 19, he went and preached the spirits in prison. Now, after the cross, after Jesus died on the cross, and before he rose from the dead, some things happened that I personally don't understand. Uh, we know this, that Jesus, now there's a, there's a creed that you might know, it's called the Apostles' Creed, and I believe the Nicene Creed might also, Creed might say it as well, but it says that Jesus died on the cross and, and then he descended into hell. Have you ever heard that in the, the, the creeds? Well, when we think of hell in our modern vernacular here in, in North America, uh, we, we think of the lake of fire, I think, most of us do. You know, if you tell someone, <laughs> you would never do this. But if you tell someone to go to hell, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not in church, but I just did. So, uh, But, you know, generally we kind of mean the lake of fire. <laughs> now, personally, I don't think I've said that since I was a teenager until now. <laughs> but I'm talking about the possibility of saying it, right? But there's, but the, the lake of fire is... is um, is a, is a different word, and the word that's used when the Bible says that Jesus descended into the grave, into the, the grave and, and uh, hell in the old King James Version, uh, it says death and hell in Revelation, it says death and hell are, are cast into the lake of fire at the end of time. Uh, that's, not the, that, that's not what where Jesus went. He didn't go to that lake of fire after he died on the cross. The, at the cross, that was where he paid the price. It wasn't later. But he did descend into hell, and, it, and people believe, and this is what I believe, and it's just, please, I'm not going to die for this idea, okay? And please don't you die for it either. But it used to be, before the cross, before the resurrection, that the place of the dead had two different areas. One was called Abraham's bosom, and the other one was something else. 
okay? The whole thing was Sheol. The whole thing was Sheol. And so there was the place of the, the believers, people who died with faith, and others that did not. And there was this great division between the two. Jesus went to there. He took all the believers, and he explained to them finally why they believed and what the hope was before the cross all the centuries prior. And he explained that to himself like it says here. He went and he preached to the spirits in prison. Now, a lot of people disagree with that idea, but I personally believe that that's what this is talking about. Anyway, he took that. The Bible says he took captivity captive in a loving way, and he released them. And then, he's, like he said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. And, and that is now we say when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. You may have heard that. That's a scripture in Philippians, I think. No, it's not in Psalms. in the New Testament. Absent from the body is present with the Lord. I think that's in Philippians. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It is in the scriptures. And, and so anyways, so now when, when believers die, they go to be with the Lord. And so anyways, so it's only a, a, one little sentence in this scripture, but I didn't want to just skip over it. Okay? But it's in context of something else. It's in context of water baptism. And I feel like something got lost in translation here. But anyways, I'll just carry on and read uh, this area here. God, you know, it says that God waited uh, patiently. There was that 120 years when Noah was building his ark um, that that's talking about. But it re he's, he talks about the fact that with baptism... He's talking about water, and they're saved by water. And, and you know, it's funny because in Noah's ark, they were actually saved by the ark, but the water carried the ark. And you're not saved by water baptism. Now, we're supposed to be baptized. Repent and be baptized, and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the, the first gospel message that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost that's uh, people believe are the keys of the kingdom of God. And, and so we need to be baptized. But water baptism does not save us. Jesus on the cross paid the price, and that's how that we are saved. Uh, but the water uh, is, is effective, and it is, it is a statement that we make. It's a, uh, it's a type of our salvation, how that we are uh, with Christ. We're identifying with him. We're identifying with his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection. Have you been water baptized? If not, uh, perhaps it's because you haven't come to believe in Christ. But if you have believed and you do believe in Christ, you need to be water baptized. And if you've been water baptized, just looking around here, and perhaps many of you that are online watching, you've already been water baptized. Well, what's effective about that still can happen today, and that is having a clear conscience before God. That's what these scriptures are saying. And, uh, and then I, uh, I'm going to just uh, give you now, I've kind of walked through some of the trouble spots or spots I wanted to identify. But in this passage, uh, this, the, the sermon title is Following Christ. And there's four things that we need to follow him with. Okay, And the first one is the first part of this passage, and that is to follow him in his suffering. And a lot of us are, are a little bit like Peter uh, who denied Jesus and God help us not to, but God help us to be willing to stand for Christ, even if it's unpopular. And uh, 
and we we need to uh, the uh, antidote for denying Christ is to understand that he will reward you for it, not to worry, and to set God apart as holy. When we sing that song, How Great Is Our God, we realize that any suffering pales to insignificance, to the, to the, uh, the confidence and the, the beauty and the, 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 uh, the expectation that we have of a wonderful inheritance. And so we want to follow him even in suffering. Okay? Uh, the second thing that we need to follow Christ is with our story. And to realize that there will be times when, God, you know, we have an opportunity to speak up for God. I was just talking to a, a woman ye yesterday, and, and, and uh, she believed in Jesus, that he died on the cross, that he rose again. She believed all those things, but I was saying we can believe those things, and maybe you're here today watching online, or maybe you're here today in person, and you believe all those things, but there's something else that God has for us, and it says this in John chapter 1. It says we need to receive him. As many as have received him, to those he gave the power to become the sons and daughters of God. So there's the believing part, which is essential. But there's also the receiving part. And we see Jesus as our, our Savior. We receive him as our Lord, our, our director, our president, our emperor, the, the king of kings and lord of lords, the one that we obey. We receive Jesus. And that's also part of what's needed. So we follow Christ with our story. We follow Christ in baptism. And it's all about the state of our heart. And if you've been baptized, I was baptized, wow, I think I was baptized about 55 years ago, maybe. That's a long time. But I need to realize that still what's important is my heart. Think back to my water baptism, but it's all about my heart then and now. Now, we don't rebaptize people because they blew it a few times or even for 20 years. We, you know, once you've been baptized, you're, you know, you just need to live it. Not, I'm not pointing fingers. We, we need to live it. Amen. And then the last, uh, the last point that I have here today is that we follow Christ in the resurrection and the ascension. Uh, the last scripture we read that now Jesus Christ has gone to heaven. He's seated at the throne on the throne beside God, place of honor, and, and you know we honor Him. But the ascension has one other thing that applies to us today, and that is when God is when Jesus ascended into heaven, He gave the Holy Spirit to us, and now instead of just being in one location in the Holy Land uh, when Jesus walked the earth. Now he can be everywhere all at once because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. If you believe in Jesus, you give your life to Christ. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and he makes you new from the inside out. And because of the ascension, the resurrection and the ascension into heaven, now he's poured out the Holy Spirit. We follow God by knowing him personally by the Holy Spirit. So I would encourage you, if you would, consider reading this scripture again uh, sometime this week and uh, perhaps even in preparation for next week read into the next chapter but read first peter chapter 3 
and you know, see if what I'm saying is true, and, and let's find something in here to get a hold of so that our lives can, can be enriched by God's Word. Amen. Amen. Now, if I get a few more amens, I'm going to quit. Any more, any more amens? All right. Well, uh, we're just going to pray right now, and then we have a few announcements to make and some housekeeping, and then we'll be dismissed. So let's just, maybe we could, maybe we just stand if that's all right. Could we stand together? And let's just pray. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. Your Lord, your word is life. It, it's not just an interesting thing. It's not just something that we think about but it's something that feeds our soul. And I pray, Lord, that today, that this bread of life, the living word, would, would come in and into our life and change us on the inside. And Some of us here today have been a little timid about things, and we haven't been willing maybe to follow you in suffering or follow you with our testimony. Lord, forgive us for that. And God, give us a, a special holy boldness to speak when we have opportunity to do it gently and respectfully but to be willing to share our faith with others to reach out to others and Lord we want to follow you in with our whole heart we've many of us have been water baptized because we want to serve you and we made that commitment to you maybe it's like me 55 years ago some longer some shorter but whenever it was or whenever it's going to be, God, we want to be people who have a good conscience and follow you with that uh, baptismal kind of conscience that I, I believe in Jesus and I want to serve him and I want others to know around me. That's why we get baptized. And then, Lord, we rejoice in the, the hope that we have in you. We, we have this wonderful expectation we serve you with an expectation that it's not all about the here and now, but there's a, there's a glory coming. And I pray your blessing on each one here today. And perhaps you're here and you would like to make a commitment to Christ. I'm going to pray a prayer. Uh, maybe you're online and you've never done this. I'm going to pray a prayer of commitment. And you just pray along with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you died and, were, and rose again. Come into my life and make me new from the inside out. I want to turn away from my old life. And I want to follow you. I want to receive you. Lord, be my Savior, be my guide, and be my Lord. Amen.